All right. Uh, so, Levi, did you happen to listen to last week's show? I have not yet. No, I'm about two weeks behind on all the podcasts. Well, this I've is going to be awkward. You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Steve, and Sid. And welcome to Trophy Yours. This is episode 470. I'm your host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. You know, I'm really, really excited for tonight's episode, but I gotta say, I hope you treat our guest a little bit better than you treat me and Yield usually. They're Tricky Mick. He brings the awesome, it's I Yield to No One. Yeah, I hope you do treat me better or treat us better than you treat the guests. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but our guest, he is the legit boss. It's Levi. Hey, guys, how's it going? Oh, it's great, Levi, since we got you on this week. Wait, wait, nobody is going to comment on that? I did just comment on it. No, the the good name for him. The legit boss? Did you take Did you take all of five seconds to think of that, Tricky? It actually took me a little longer than that. But the progenitor of the Be Legit. Levi! <laughs> Steve, you, you, you had to steal Sasha Banks. Thank you, Yield. Yeah, you're welcome. Somebody got the reference. Well, I got the reference. I just thought you could do better. Well, I figured he's in the, the, the boss of the B-Legit, so I thought it kind of fit. Uh, Great, I, now I, we owe WWE money. I'll take it, legit boss. I, I'm, I'm not See? down with that. I kind of went on a mini rant last week. Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't kinda. There's no kinda about it. He brought out the. Well, he brought out the dump truck full of salt. And like and like we said on the Thursday night stream, you only left part of it in. Yes, I only left part of it in. What, what was he on about, Levi? I don't think there's any better person to tell you that than Tricky Mick. Exactly. I. I uh, let's just say I channeled my inner Seinfeld and. Uh, I uh, had the uh, Festivus for the best of us. I, I aired some grievances. But I, I did I did cut a good portion of it out. It was it was centered around well, wait, was, it was the backlog beatdown. Yes. It was mostly the backlog beatdown, yes. Did I get thrown under the bus a little just, bit? I, I think you only got hit by one tire instead of all four. No, I think the, the only time that Levi was mentioned, and hopefully you'll let this in the show, is when he contacted you personally to be like, why aren't you taking credit for your, your games you're finishing? And then you had some, you know, you told him, and then he's like, well, essentially, like, buck up, buttercup, and take your points. So you never actually threw Levi, Levi under the bus, you just mentioned that he had contacted you personally. If you beat Final Fantasy 1, I, I mean, playing the damn game, that's that's like a 30-hour game. Alright, uh, so, yeah. Well, it, it's funny because now that's going to stay in the show, but I actually took that part of the show, uh, that part of the conversation out of the show last week. But it's all right. Now, now, now that's just another thing that the listeners can be like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? What, what are they on again? 
Well, I, I do have the audio saved in a separate file. So one day, uh, maybe one week when we don't have like a legit show going on, I'm going to just compile all the the excerpts and release that as a show. Or you could give it to me and I could put it at the front of the back of this show. Nah, I can't do that. We got to save the content. All right. You're not, let's... you're not playing ball here, Tricky. We have a guest on. You're embarrassing us in front of our friend. Wow, let's just, let's just go into our updated trophy count. I am level 605, total trophies of 13,793 with 253 platinums. I have a new platinum. Uh, Alex? Tricky, sir, you know what we do all the time. We announce our new platinum and we say we've got one. We don't leave people hanging. I wasn't planning to leave them hanging. I was planning to go into what we're playing. Uh, it, my platinum was in Hebroxia. That was the game that you mentioned last week that I would really like. Yes, and it doesn't qualify for be legit. Why? Why is that? Because it only takes like two hours to platinum it. Is it actually like? Do, is this a game you're just telling me to go get the platinum in, or would I actually enjoy it? I'm. I'm I, 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 I legit think you would enjoy the game. It's not. It's not a rad plat. Um, it's made by uh, Lily Games. It's the Colin Moriarty. Colin Moriarty. Uh, team but because you know when it comes to Colin Moriarty take take anything Tricky says with a grain of salt because Tricky's like the dog humping the leg with Colin Moriarty are, are you saying he's a fanboy it's a uh, Lily Mo Games is the name of the company listen I I I, I politics aside I, I am a friend a personal friend of Colin so yes I you could say I'm a little fanboys, but legit, I think this is a good game, and I think this game was actually made before he joined the company. So, take it as that too. I am level four hundred and forty-two with a total trophy count of seven thousand two hundred seventy and a platinum count of one hundred ten platinums in one hundred games. Or excuse me, one hundred ten <laughs> platinums in one hundred nine games. <laughs> Yield ah uh, level four. 39. Catching Alex. With a trophy count. A 7127. Still catching Alex. And a trophy count of 117. And I see Tricky's Platinum. And raise him another. This dill, this dill weed over here got two Platinums this past week. You got two Platinums this week. I got huh? two this week. What'd you, you get, need sir? step up your game. Uh, the last campfire, and we were here. All right. Uh, Sid is level 512 with 10,144 trophies and 174 platinums. Levi? I still do not have any platinums, but this year I should get my first. Because, as most know, I just love the medium. And it's pretty easy to get the platinum. Well, it's not like it's, I'm, I can't really judge because I don't go for these platinums, but it seems easy. And so I'm going to do another playthrough, and all I lack is the collectibles. So I am going to try my best to scour every aspect of this game and find the collectibles and get my first platinum. Oh, sorry, I have been corrected. It is not considered a platinum. It is uh, what's the Xbox? They call it S ranks. Uh, 
No, an X- Xbox is just a thousands game score. Okay, so I'm I'm going to get the uh, Xbox equivalent. But did they not co- used to call those S ranks? No, they've never been called S ranks. No. I think JT just called it a hundred percent. It's it, it's basically a thousand game score. That's what it is. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, I should have it. So let's move on here, uh, Levi. Uh, actually. Okay, I was going to do the be legit after what we're playing, but Levi, you're here because you are here to give us an update on the be legit standings. Uh, why don't you go ahead and take over, sir? I'll do a little more than just the top three this time because we've got we've got some players. But let's see here. Number one, we have Corey has 32 points. I mean, he just came out that first month and just. Just killed it with 21 points. This month, he dropped down to 11. And Ponder Stibbins tied him this month with 11. Ponder is at second place with 20. And actually, CJ and Tricky Mitt have both turned up the heat as well. So CJ's third with 13. He had 8 this month. And the Kraken Tricky Mick is in fourth place with 12. He claims 7 points this month. Then just behind would be, we've got see, Tanner Bird. Tanner's got nine. And I have eight. And Homer Gets Duff has seven. JT and Gareth with six. And there's a, a bit of a drop off. But uh, yeah, we, we, had, we had our second best month of all time. We had 64 total points claimed. Of course, January broke all records in, in Be Legit history uh, with 76. We did have 64, uh, so that, that is pretty impressive. That is still over three points per contestant, which is what we averaged in our best months of Be Legit last year. So we've uh, we, we've had another great month. You know, Levi, uh, while you were giving those stands, I, I, I can't help but notice you did not mention a name. I'm guessing you are either talking about Daryl or Yield. Uh, oh, I was talking about Yield, but yeah, also Daryl. Let's see, Yield, yeah, Yield, these. Actually, I'm sorry, if I had have went one point lower, I would have called out Yield. Uh... Actually, no, no, sorry. Yield is tied with Gareth and JT. Yield has six also. I'm sorry, I just completely threw Yield under the bus. Accidentally, but yeah, he is tied with JT and Gareth, so Yield is in the top ten. He is he is tied for eight with two of Yeah, guys. it's funny, you know, starting off the show by saying, uh, you guys hope I treat the guests better than I treat you guys, and here comes our guest mistreating you, Yield. Oh, uh, that's all right. I I, I, I I prefer to work in the background. No one pays attention to the gentleman in the background. Until it's too so late. You're like the the hand of the Master Sith. You're just kind of, you're the Phantom Menace. You're working in the background. Exactly. See, Alex gets it. And before you realize what's going on, it's too late. All right, Yield, uh, while we're on the Be Legit, do you have, uh, do you want to announce what you're working on for Points for March? Or? Why? Well, no. This isn't the call of your shot. You just play your game and you post it at the end of the year or at the end of the month. That's right. That's right. See, Tricky, I was on a uh, Skype call with Tricky the other day, and he, you know, he kept 
making this argument, and we, we were discussing emulators because I've recently got into emulators, and uh, you know he's he's against using emulators. He he's against what was it? What was the point you kept making that it's not in the backlog? It's not in your backlog as an emulator. I said that's I don't buy that, and he insisted that be legit has to have something to do with the backlog since it's spawned from the backlog. But be legit games have nothing to do with the backlog. They gems do not have to be in your backlog. They do not have to be a game you own. You can play them on an emulator. Uh, you can play them on a streaming service. You can borrow them for your fr- from your friend. I, I don't care. You beat a legit game, you claim the point. Now, Tricky just he, he just wasn't standing for it. He you know, but yeah. So so we're clear. It does not he, have to he, be in your backlog. See, the big thing that that he is confused with is and correct me if I'm wrong. The Be Legit Squad was created because the backlog beatdown did not have overly concrete rules. And, no, and, it, it was spawned and, because everybody and was, Levi uh, Levi saw it yeah, out. and Levi saw they were going to rat plat it out, so he created his own right. group, a splinter group, if you will, and right. it has grown from there. So even though it's splintered from the backlog beatdown, it has nothing to do with the backlog. See, that was part of the confusion, is that all this debate of what counted as the backlog, you know what, who cares? Well, let's make a simple system, a simple game, and get rid of all this rat-flat nonsense, and that's where the Be Legit came from. Okay, can 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 I uh, speak for myself right here for a second? You can, but you'll probably lose. Remember, you've got, you've got, you've got the... Pr- you you you've got the president no, and the VP you have no- here on the podcast, so you can speak, <laughs> but you're probably going to get shot down quicker than uh. Anyway, yeah, okay. I mean, you have no leg to stand on trying to argue that for be legit points to count, they have to be in the backlog. I don't. You can make no, that, that argument. That wasn't going to be my argument at all. I'm just saying, and this is a continuation from my salt from last week. Oh jeez, the things that the things that I'm being accused of. Of uh, save sp- scumming is not possible when you're using a console on the PlayStation or the Xbox or the uh, NES Classic or the SNES Classic, but it is totally possible when it comes to using the PC and emulators. So I'm just saying it's, it's hypocritical, and this is not a shot at Levi, let me be clear. It's hypocritical. For somebody to sit there and say that I am save scumming by using playing retro games and taking saves to go to the end of the game, which is not possible, at least to my knowledge, on these classic systems, but it is entirely possible to do it on a PC with emulators. I just find it hypocritical that the person that's calling me out and saying this is what's happening is doing the action of which it is possible where I'm not doing the action where it is possible. So my personal feeling is that when it comes to the be legit and for matters of uh, just to be clear and in the backlog beatdown, I know the two separate, but I just feel that if you're going to play games that you should legit own the games and not be playing free games with an emulator to get points in the be legit. I have been overruled. I'm fine with that. I'm just airing out my personal opinion that the, for the points to count, I feel you should actually own the game in some form of fashion. With that being said, 
I've been overruled. Well, wait, hold on. What about PlayStation Now? People that have a PlayStation a subscription to PlayStation Now, they don't own those games. Well, okay. In the in the in the backlog beatdown, it was determined that people could use Game Pass and PlayStation Now. I don't particularly agree with that. And I aired my grievance out last year, saying that those games are not in your backlog; they should not be counting. I've been told that rule was going to change for this year. It did not. Well, but I mean, technically, I, you are paying for a subscription service, so any game that is on there, you are technically, in a roundabout way, technically own or renting. So that. <laughs> It, it, it's a thin line, but there's one there. Right. And all I'm saying is is just my personal opinion that for point, games to count on the Be Legit and the Backlog Beatdown, I think there should be some kind of ownership there. And not get, not something you can download on a, on a PC and just get every game possible. But what, what about people who want to participate in like a service like PlayStation Now and stuff? You know, they pay a subscription fee and then they have like an a la carte option to where, like a buffet style where they can just play games and games and games. And maybe someone who some people have more money than others. What if you know playing games through other avenues, not like stealing them or anything, but like what if a service like that allows people to play more games, whereas other people can you know afford four or five game new games every month? Well, okay, but you you said that they're not stealing, but let's let's be real here for a second. If you're emulating games, you are stealing. Let let's be real here. You're not paying for the not paying for the games. You're getting a, a ROM and playing it on your PC. You're not paying for it. You're pirating it. Technically, that's stealing. Arr, there should be pirate captain in there somewhere. That is a fair point, but I I will explain why you were overruled. <laughs> the um, cavalry just fell. Em, emulator <laughs> emulators for for example. If somebody just came in and was just claiming all kinds of stuff and there was blatant cheating, we, we would step in. But they're, we're on the honor system here. You know, we're, we're just good old boys have, having a fun little contest. I, I don't believe we're going to have any cheating. There's not enough money in, you know, in the contest for, to really encourage anyone to cheat. You know, we're on that honor system. But here's the thing, Tricky. As, as most know, I have been wanting to play Panzer Dragoon Saga. Since I've got back into gaming. Most who have played it consider it the best RPG ever made. The problem is, to buy it, I would have to, one, go to eBay, and it would cost me about $1,200. It is in none of these streaming services. There's, there's no other way of getting it. So I was ecstatic when I found out it was an emulator. So if, if somebody wants to use an emulator and claim some games here and there, I say that's great. The other one I'm playing, the X-Files game, that's also about a $150 game. And now I personally, the reason I'm big on GOG, the service GOG, is they preserve games. They, they restore these games. They preserve them. Games that would just disappear and be gone forever. They are making a strong attempt to bring these games back. But Sony refuses to work with them. So resist or serve. You, there's, you're never going to get this game any other way. PlayStation, they're not going to let somebody use the rights. They're not. It's just going to die. So emulators, I justify, even though it is considered theft, it is theft. I can justify that these people are preserving a game that otherwise would be gone for history, and we would never have an option to play it. So to me. It's the lesser of the two evils as a gamer, as, as someone who loves this creativity, the art. I don't want to see it die. And if some, you know, some 
sharp tech people uh, can can preserve that game, make it happen. Hey, hey, do it, do it, man. Okay. Uh, the other option is Sony start playing ball and and allow these people like GOG who are trying to do the right thing and preserve these games, sell them the rights. GOG don't want it for free; they pay for these games. The big game I was on about last year, the Blade Runner game, they paid good money for the rights to restore and preserve that game for us. But PlayStation refuses to work with you. I, I think if, if they start to gain in popularity, Sony will eventually cave. Yeah, and I mean, the whole theft argument, let's look at it this way. If Sony had worked with GOG and had res- preserved, say, this X-Files game, just like they did the, uh, the, the Blade Runner game, would I go pirate it? No. I would contribute, I would buy it, and I would contribute to GOG and Sony's collaborated effort to preserve that game to, so they had money, so they would preserve more of these amazing games in the future. So if the option was there, I would absolutely buy it. In the lack of the option, I'm, I'm going to pirate it instead of paying 200 to $1,200 for this stuff. But yeah, that's... that's Man, Tricky's so stunned with that response, he just, he's got nothing. No! No, no, I have a response. I just, I, uh, to be clear, I like Levi, and me and Levi agree on a lot of things. I just, I, I, okay, I'll just say this. I get Levi's point. Uh, Levi, you know we've talked many times about this stuff. I get his point. But he just finished off his statement by saying, if I had the ability to buy it, I would. But you do have the ability to buy it. You're just not willing to spend that money, and you're because you're not willing to spend that money is why you're justifying pirate in the game. Well, wait, are you talking about like going to eBay and buying older games that way? Yes, paying hundreds of dollars. You're saying I should fork out twelve hundred dollars for Panzer Dragoon. I'm, I'm not advocating that you should spend any amount of money on any particular game. But what I'm saying is, your argument is saying that you don't have the ability to buy it. Therefore, you're going to pirate. But the reality is you do have the ability to buy it. You're just not willing to spend that money. And I get that. And I respect that. And I agree with you. I would never spend that money. Like one of the games on the PlayStation Classic that I've been looking for for years. I told this on last week's show is IQ, Intelligence Cube for the original PlayStation. It came on the demo disc. I've been looking for that game for years. I finally found it in a retro shop here in New York City. And they wanted $140 for a PlayStation 1 used game that was scratched. I wasn't willing to pay the price. I, all I'm saying is I, I was overruled. I'm fine with it. I'm not salty about it. But if your argument is that you're pirating it because you can't buy it, it's a false argument because you can buy it. You're just not willing to spend the money. Okay, okay. well, hold on. The, what, what system does that run on, Levi? The, the argument is it's going to count regardless how you play it. I mean, the game is going to count. It's not about the money. It's the game will count regardless what medium you are playing it through. If if someone uses these save files or whatever you call it to go to the end, then they're cheating and that's on them. They're they're being dishonest. Um, they're they're cheating all of us. They are they are ruining the contest. But my, you know the the overrules is not about the money. It's it's about whether a a game counts. And yes, I, I've got to count it whether it's the NES Classic or uh, PS Now. You play a game, you beat it, you're going to get a. Point. Oh, and and I'm I'm with that, Alice. You you want to make a point. No, Levi, uh, Panzer Dragoon, which, that was on the old Sega systems, right? Yeah, it was uh, Sega Sider. 
That means, do you have a Sega Saturn? I do, yes. Probably have one of the largest retro collections out of all of us in the group. So I, I do buy these games. The problem is with Panzer Dragoon Saga, I'm not going to pay 1200 for a game on eBay. I want to see it in person. There's so many fakes of that game that have been made. There's no way I'm going to buy it via eBay. I, and I've never seen a copy. Okay, and, and just to be clear, I a hundred, a thousand percent agree with you. Don't spend that kind of money on it. I, right. I, well, I, my only point was, is you finished, you finished your statement by saying, because I can't buy it, I'm going to pirate it. I just felt like that was wrong to say. What if, if I was you, I would have phrased it as I'm not paying $1,200 and I don't feel guilty about pirating because I'm not spending $1,200. And again, a thousand percent. Well, I'll concede that. that point then. I've, then I misworded it and I'll concede the point. You're right. I am making the conscious decision to not pay $1,200 for something that may well be fake. And I'm instead stealing. Yeah. I actually just looked it up. Uh, the first listen is for $1,250. Uh, and it says the product may not may not include original box instruction manual or DLC. So f that. Yeah, I mean, they don't even tell you may may not. I mean, tell me it's twelve hundred dollars. Tell me exactly where the scratches are. I mean, tell me exactly what's included. I mean, come on, I, man. I, these these vague descriptions. I, I'm not going to do that. I, I'm just I'm I'm looking at the first one just to see if they have pictures of it. Uh, now all they're showing is. The fr- oh wait, here there is a the one I'm looking at right now it has four discs and it does not look like there's scratches on them. Yeah, and that's it's probably legit, but there's a good chance. It's oh, fake. absolutely. And I mean, what what we are talking about? I mean, most people have never heard of it, but the people who have and have played it, they almost all say that that is the greatest RPG ever made. So if the Few people who have played it all agree. It's you know, if you Google best RPGs of all time, it's not going to be on the list because so few people have played it. It's it's not known. But you talk to the people who have, and you're like, okay, this is an RPG I need to play, and I I can't wait to play. And, and it's also worth noting on on the picture with the where they show on the the bottom of the disc. You don't know if those are the actual discs because you can't see the labels on the disc. So therefore, yeah, I I, I would not spend twelve hundred dollars on anything on eBay. Well, maybe I would on a no. and, and don't get me wrong. If if I saw that in a local game shop and it was in great shape, I confirmed it was legit. I would buy that game. I'd buy it right now. And you would pay twelve hundred dollars in a legit shot. Absolutely. Oh, okay, fair enough. See, and it, in a if, heartbeat. Okay, and not not that I'm questioning your integrity or anything, Levi. But if you're legit, one hundred percent with that, then I have no problem with you pirating the game because you showed the ability. I got shit. Years ago, uh, because I couldn't find an SNES classic, and I was playing a Link to the Past on a ROM, and my and somebody goes, "Oh, you stole the game." I said, "If I could buy this, I would a hundred percent buy it." And I backed it up because I did buy it. I still have my original copy. I I would I don't have a problem with somebody using an emulator on a game if they legit are willing to go to the store. And pay the price for the game. If you're just pirating the game, and I'm using pirating with quotation marks, if you're just pirating the game straight out with no intention ever to buy the game legit, that's where my problem is. But if I didn't say that's fair enough with with my uh, SNES Classic, if I didn't want to open that box and but I wanted to play Link to the Past, I would emulate it and play it and emulate it on my PC. 
and somebody goes, oh, you're not you're you're stealing the game. I'm going to no, I have the game. I just don't want to open the box. Yeah, that's that's a fair point, too. I'm 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 totally cool with that. So, all right. But I'm also cool with people emulating it. Say, you know, if if Panzer Dragoon Saga got extremely popular, and there's only, you know, maybe 10,000 copies out there. But then there might be a million people wanting to buy it. Then, you know, supply and demand, there's just not enough to go around. Emulation would be the only way. I'm like, oh, totally fine. Okay. Um, that's the only way you can play this masterpiece. Do it. Uh, so I, I, I take it to the next level, and I'm cool with it in that scenario as that's well. That's when you call up uh, Limited Run Games and tell them, make some ports. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're getting a little long-winded here, half an hour to the show. We're not even to what we're playing yet. So, Alex, start us off. What have you been playing, sir? Yield, do you know how you asked me to maybe go back to the Switch to keep from gaining Platinums on you, which it, it doesn't appear I'm going to do anyway with your two this week. <laughs> so, I uh, played Rocket League with Gareth and Yield and Homer on Thursday, another great night of action. We won, I think we lost it most two games, three games, I think, but uh, we did very, very well. Kick some ass. So if you want to join us for Rocket League Thursdays this week, it'll be on Thursday at 7pm on twitch.tv slash Gamer. But uh, that's pretty much all I've been playing on my PlayStation. I did go and look at, they have a couple a couple sales going on. Actually, I think it's three sales on the PSN. So I was looking at stuff like Guacamelee 2, because I have the platinum, the original Guacamelee was a very fun game, so maybe a game I'm going to consider jumping into, but most of the stuff I've been playing outside of Rocket League is on the Switch. I've gone back to Super Mario Odyssey, and I'm trying to get more of the moons in that. I've got almost 700 in that. And then I'm also gotten back into Animal Crossing because they have released all the Mario themed stuff for the Mario 35th anniversary celebration. So I'm collecting that day by day and trying to set up, make it, I think like a cool setup for all the stuff. So mostly just uh, stuff on the Switch, actually. All right. What would you say your record was on Rocket League Thursday? I think we lost three games. Uh, okay. You actually won eight, lost two. But Yield lost three because he actually played a game of Snow Day before you guys started playing together. Oh, okay. So I did better than we thought. I figured it was eight games eight games for the win column, but I didn't tally it down, so I didn't know for sure. Uh, so, Yield, what have you been playing, sir? So, besides Rocket League and World of Warship Legends, I have been playing uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands, uh, The Last Campfire, which I got a platinum in, we were here, which I got the platinum in, and I fired up Spirit of the North. All right. So, Levi. Well, um, I have been challenged to play a, a few of these uh, hack and slash games, which I despise. I can't stand them. One is a Devil May Cry. Daryl has challenged me to play. I, I will play, but I haven't got around to it yet. But also the Souls Ooh. games. I've committed to trying these Souls. Good luck. Games. And uh, Who, whoever recommended those games, you do they don't like. They don't like you. you. They do not like you. Well, it's just it's not my thing. But I started Code Vein. Okay, so I've played I don't know three four hours into Code Vein, and to me those style of games that they don't really have any story, they don't have any depth. You're just just hacking and slashing mindlessly. It's just not my thing. Um. You know, I'm going to keep trying, but and it's just not my thing. You know, um, what the main game I've been playing is, of course, one that I've used an emulator for. It is a PS2 game called X-Files Resistor Serve. And it is, I guess you would call it a Resident Evil clone. And 
as you may or may not know, but X-Files is my favorite TV show of all time, and Resident Evil is one of my favorite game series of all time. So, these two combined, I mean, I am in love with this game right now. It's just like you're in the X-Files. It's actually voiced by David Duchovny and, and Gillian Anderson, the actors who played Skulder, uh, sorry, Mulder and Scully. Uh, you've, you've got um, probably five or six other people from the cast voiced by, you know, like even the lone gunman. You've got those three guys, their voice. Um, the story is just beautiful. They start off on, I won't give spoilers, but they start off on like a witch hunt and then it starts to look paranormal and then they discover, you know, what this actually is. But you're in this small town that has had this, this event, I'll, to, to, to not spoil, I'll just say there's in this event, but there's no military support, there's no police support. All you've got is Agent Mulder and Scully, and they have to solve this thing. Uh, you've, you've got zombies running around, so you're popping zombies like a Resident Evil game. It's got the Resident Evil mechanics. Uh, this, you know, it's the same tank controls. To me, it's almost like Resident Evil Code Veronica meets the X-Files. And, you know, I really, and I sat and thought about this, and I was like, you know, even if it wasn't the X-Files, just the gameplay, the mechanic, just the, just how fun this game is to play, even if it didn't have the X-Files aspect, I would consider it one of the top-tier Resident Evil games. It, it would be in my top three or four Resident Evil games of all time. Seeing as it does have the X-Files, for me personally, I probably like this game as good as any uh, any Resident Evil game I've ever played. Um, it's It may be my game of the year, and I consider it just top tier, top five uh, survival horror games I've ever played. I am really loving this game. And you know, some of you might want to go buy it for 150 bucks, 175 bucks. But if you got an emulator, help go emulate this game. Um, if you like the Exiles, you like survival horror, it it is a true must play. So, and a uh, big thanks to Corey for spending a half an hour walking me through how to do all these zip files and WinRAR and all that, but um, it's really um, it's really paid off, so I really love this game. Uh, and I have been playing... It uh, doesn't matter what you're playing! Yield, I fucking hate you. <laughs> Damn, I, I, even I didn't see that coming. And I'm the one who started that shit on this show. You you want to know why I fucking hate him right now? Because I told Yield a long time ago, once I got this soundboard, that I was going to do that to you one day. And I was going to do it this episode. Why? Wait, why this episode? It, I, I was waiting to a point where you were just not going to expect it at all. And then Yield just ruined it. You know what I could have done in response was just no-sell it and just kept going. Because that's, you, you know what, you do. that's why Yield is so effective at giving you shit, is because you react to it. And you and you give him that reaction, so he feeds off it. Fucking hate you, Yield. I know, it's okay. It's a gift. This time, it really was, because you definitely just nailed that one perfectly. Thank you. Um, So, I have been playing uh, Hybroxia 2, Hybroxia, Outriders, Darksiders Genesis, Control... Final Fantasy VII Remake, uh, obviously Division Two, Destruction All-Stars, which Yield, uh, I'm going to go into that for a second, because I think you actually uh, 
I think you sung that game short. Uh, and then I played Rocket League before I we recorded. I entered the tournament and got to the finals, and we lost in the finals. And I've been playing some Rogue Company. Now, Yield with Destruction All-Stars. Okay, I, I played a couple rounds today. Uh-huh. So, it is car combat. But the the when you get out of the car, it's not you're not in combat with the cars. It's your car is destroyed. So you have the option that before your car is actually destroyed, you can jump out and get into another car. So it's when you're on when you're on your feet running around, you're not doing combat. Your job is literally just to dodge to get into another car to go back into car combat. Oh, okay. So you can't do any earn points or whatever because no it, it's basically think of demolition derby okay but your car is destroyed you have to go get another car oh okay see i was afraid the whole out of car thing would, would, would ruin it but if all you're doing is trying to get to another car but dodge so you don't get flattened that might be i mean i put it in my download list just in case I think I think when you get your PS5, you should definitely give that a shot because legit, I think you would like the game. Well, like I said, it it, it screamed everything that I should like it: arcadey combat demolition, you know. And I was like, "Oh, this looks awesome!" And then they did the whole kind of Fortnitey aspect and running around and jumping out of the car. And I'm like, I don't want all that. I just want to wreck cars. Well, there's there's two ways you can get a car. Uh, the first way is obviously the cars are on the pillars. You just jump up to a pillar, uh, and then you press triangle and you jump in the car. But you actually don't even have to get on the pillar. You just have to get close to the car and press triangle, and you automatically jump in. So, because uh, I have I was having a little problem actually jumping on the platforms, and I realized you could just jump, jump straight into the car. The other way you can get into a car is um, when you're running around. If a car comes close to you, you hit triangle and you go into, um, uh, why did I just forget what it's called? When you have to press the buttons in when they pop up on the screen. Quick time event. Thank you. Uh, go! I forgot to mention Rage is playing. Um, uh, you have two options. You do a quick time event, and then once you finish the quick time event, you can either steal the car or you can destroy the car. Now the entire time, uh, what what happens is when you when somebody drives by, you press triangle, you go on and you do the uh, the quick time event. At the same time, the person that's driving the car is trying to shake you off. So if they fill their meter before you fill yours, uh, then obviously you get thrown off. So I think you would like the game when you get your PS Five. Give that game a excuse me a legit shot. I think you would actually like. Well, it. I don't think you, anyone can blame Yield for his hesitation because the trailers for that game did not do a good job representing what you did outside of the yeah, car. Yeah, it did. It did not explain. No, it no, anyway. it didn't, and that's why I was like, I, it screams, I should want this game, but the other part of me was screaming louder, caution, stay away. Um, yeah. So that's all I've been playing. Uh, also, play Outriders. There's a PlayStation Four demo. I think you both would like that game too. Well, let me ask you, Tricky. How are you liking Control? Uh, well, okay. To be fair, uh, my review is the exact same uh, as before because I actually uh, restarted Control on the PS5, and I haven't gotten back to the part where I was on the PS4. So, uh, I really don't have anything to change. My problem with Control has always been 
I don't think the game controls that well. And I, I pardon the pun. Pun, pun intended? <laughs> no pun intended. That is one of the, like, the, the mechanics, the controller, the navigation, is that what you're saying? Well, the, the combat and whatnot. Now, to be fair. I, I think it has the smoothest combat of any game I've ever played. To be fair, I've been saying this since I demoed it at PAX East two years ago. What was the last PAX I was at two years ago? Well, you yeah. weren't at last year, so yes. Right. Um. Now, like I said. I'm a little shocked to hear that. I mean, of all the, the quarrels a person might have, I mean, that's that's surprising. Well, okay. Now, you have to understand, when I'm saying that I don't think it controls well, is because my very first experience with the game was in a demo session on the show floor at PAX East, which, if anybody's ever been to one of those conventions, knows that that can be a little frantic because they're like they, they're trying to get people in and out. Uh, so I at that point, I was trying to control it, and I'm I'm no pen intended with all this. I'm trying to control it, and I'm being rushed, and I'm and I'm having somebody in my ear telling me what to do, what not. So I'm, I'm trying to learn the controls as somebody's trying to, uh, you know, guide me through the demo. And then I get it on the PS4, and I already have that sour taste in my mouth. So I started playing it on the PS4. I already had that, and I was like, eh. So I never really enjoyed it. Uh, but now I'm playing it on the PS5, and it has the haptic triggers and all that stuff. So it's another thing that it's being thrown on top of it. I'm not saying it controls badly. I'm just... Me personally, I'm having a little issue with the way it controls right so, now. So, like, the only thing that I can say that, it, like, in combat that was frustrating for me when I played through it was that when you're using the launch power sometimes, the telekinesis kind of thing, you, like, the object you're throwing can get caught on some of the geometry of the level. So, like, you may, like, feel like you're launching something at an enemy and nothing happens because you threw the item, but it didn't throw it exactly where you're going to throw it. But then again, like, you have to wait for, I mean, the, the counter argument is, you got to wait till the item to get around you. And yes, of course, it's going to get like logically going to get caught on something in the room if you're just trying to, you know, slop show it. So, I mean, the launch power, like that was frustrating for me to use it sometimes, but it also was like reasonable that it would work that way because it's not the, the item you're throwing isn't automatically going to get to your all like your hand. You've got to kind of wait, wait it out a little bit. But uh, no, I thought the combat and the, that kind of stuff was really fun. Like that's what pushed me to play through the game. Uh, Levi, for me, the story was just way too convoluted for me to enjoy that, but I, at some point I just blocked it out and was just like, alright, I'm just going to go throw shit, shit around and have some gunplay and I'm going to have a lot of fun. One thing I did hate that I didn't mention in previously talking about the game was how the enemies had numbers above their heads, which is kind of like, okay, here's the easier enemy, oh, this now is like a level up or something. Like, I feel, I feel like they could have done away with like the numbers to tell me that this is a harder enemy than the last one, but... But no, I thought combat was really fun. I, I see your points, and uh, but you know, and and for me personally, uh, you know, I love these games. Um, I call it the the Remedy trilogy. You know, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, Control. I do feel the story has gone downhill each time, and not not huge, but like Alan Wake, the story of Alan Wake was just amazing. It's like you were in a Stephen King novel. Uh, the story of Quantum Break, it was really amazing. Well. Um, you're, you're, you're in this, you know, this time warp universe and you, you've got, um, 
like a live play movie. You've got like five, four or five acts of movie that's like you know, 20, 30 minutes long and you get to watch the film as you go. And I just love that story. Control, to me, Control had the best mechanics, the best combat. Um, it, it ran the smoothest. But Control has the weakest by far story of those three games. That's why for me, um, I like Control the least of those three games. But Remedy, they're working on, I think they're working on a total of five games right now. Uh, one they, is still unannounced. It's supposed, to, it's supposed to be their next big IP. It's a new IP, uh, you know, a big hit. And then their second team is working on also two unannounced games for Epic because they, they've partnered with Epic. Um, I'm hoping it is Alan Wake 2 and Control 2, and that's what most people believe. But I would really love to see Alan Wake 2 and Control 2 in the next couple. Levi, let me see how you feel about this. I think that if as disappointed I was with the story and Control, or just I couldn't get into it, I felt like they did a really good job with the Foundation and the Altered World events in the, the the two DLC packs, essentially. like I thought they did a much better job with the storytelling than that. So if, if you're looking for maybe a little bit better storytelling, like even, you know, I think you do, you would, uh, you owe it to yourself if you played Control and enjoyed it to do the DLCs, because I think the DLCs are actually two of the better chunks of that game. And I, I plan to, is like when I do finally get a PS5, I'm going to play them on the PS5 since I owned them for PS5 since it was in the giveaway. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to bide my time and wait till I've got a PS5 and then play them. All right, let's let's move on because we are forty five minutes into the show. We can just get to our topics first. Our first topic is coming in the way of IGN and is written by Jordan Oleman. Sony has chose to discontinue PlayStation Store movie and TV purchases and rentals. Uh, revealed on the PlayStation blog, the store will no longer offer movie or TV purchases and rentals through the PlayStation Store as of August thirty first, two thousand. Uh, excuse me, twenty twenty one. According to Sony, the decision was made after observing, quote, tremendous growth, end quote, from the PlayStation fans using, quote, subscription-based and ad-based entertainment streaming services like Netflix, YouTube, Disney+, Plus, and others. Users will still have access to the content they've purchased beyond the, uh, uh, the August 31st deadline with the movies and TV shows available for on-demand playback across the PS4 and PS5, as well as mobile devices. Sony rounded out the post by saying that the company looks forward to further enhancing the entertainment experience on the PlayStation Perhaps we will see something to replace this system in the future, but for now, Sony is shuttering the service as it observes the trend towards streaming content. Now, I know this doesn't affect either one of you or any three of you gentlemen, but I wanted to put this in here because a lot of people heard that they were going to stop this and figured that they lost all of their content that they have previously purchased, and that's not going to be the case. All right. This article is coming from Games Radar and is written by... Uh, Hiron, Hiron Cryer, uh, PlayStation 4. Definitely a made up name. <laughs> PlayStation update 8.5 will remove PlayStation communities and is now in beta. Uh, again, this is a beta, so this may not be true, but assuming that this is true, yield, how do you feel about the removing the communities? Uh, it's not like you've given anybody anything in the Platinum Guild in a long-ass time. Uh, yeah, I knew that was coming. Um, so, I just don't... It, it, like I posted in the Facebook group, um, it's a head-scratcher. I mean, we they pushed so heavily 
of how the five is socially connected. So I figured that the, you know, with the when they introduce the communities with the four, that they will seamlessly just go with, go with the five because hey, you know, you're socially connecting people with these communities to talk about games, especially your multiplayer games. To hey, let's you know, let's get a squad together. Does anybody want to play right now? You know, things like that that make it a lot quicker. You can just go to your system and go, hey, I'm getting ready to play such and such game. Or you go into a, that that community who play that game. Hey, I'm getting ready to play. Does anybody want to play? Hit me up. Here's my here's my PSN. And I thought, well, that was pretty cool. I used it a little bit for some of the trophy boosting I was doing for the online trophies. And, and they just now seem to be like they're going to do away with it. And there's no rhyme or reason. There's no explanation. And it's just, I I don't get it. I, I gotta say, until this article... I didn't even notice that the communities wasn't on the PS5. I didn't. I, I totally forgot about the communities. Well, I mean, to be fair, outside of occasionally posting uh, a new platinum in Yield's group, uh, the Platinum Guild, which I mean, I, you know, uh, a year or so back, I decided that I just wasn't going to go as hard for the platinum trophies anymore, and I was kind of getting getting sick of the trophy collecting. I I don't really use the communities all that much to post. Like I would, like I said, I would post, you know, make the odd platinum post in in the platinum guild, but it's been a, a year or so since I've done even that. So I mean, like, yield. I guess I would ask, like, what exactly are you doing within these communities that warrants them being around? I mean, for for me, I you know, I've I've got a couple of them that I just kind of go into. Like, I'm in one for World of Warships, and I was in one for Mud Runners. And that's that I hooked up with somebody there to get my online trophies. So that's kind of what I was using it for. And and I'm not going to be overly upset if they go away. I'm just like, I'm confused as to why you already have something that is socially connecting people. You've got a console that you pushed social connection and you're not marrying the two. You're just going to get rid of it. Yeah, but you'll bait at this point. Like, I mean, they have the PlayStation 5. I'm not saying any of this is right, but they more so would be pushing, like, those avenues on the PlayStation 5. Whereas the 4, like, I guess if they figure if you have a 4, that your focus now is what games you can play or, like, wrap a bow around, like, your backlog you can finish. I guess they're, since they're, they've moved to the next generation, I guess they assume that they can phase out some of the aspects of the PlayStation 4. Must be. Like I said, I'm, I'm just... I, I, I wish there was more of an explanation. Well, let me... You, you post this in the Facebook group, and let me just read some of the comments. Uh, Brandon says, That sucks. They're removing all of the social aspects. Why? And Yield responded, Beats me. A real head-scratcher here, especially since the, the PS5 basically forces you to be social, socially active uh, with their cards. CJ said, no wish list, no usable uh, store on PC, no communities, no games, no point. Uh, Yield responded, not sure who's running this PlayStation train right now, but the unuser-friendly PSN and taking away communities doesn't seem very smart. CJ said, it's interesting, and hopefully the, they finally, few de- Japanese devs still holding out will jump ship to all the platforms soon. And Nitro says, that's a shame to hear about personally. I haven't interacted much with the community's function other than joining the ones for each show. 
I can see the interest, though, that people do have them, like, posting accomplishments, looking for other gamers to, for games, which is what Yield said he did, and essentially have a place to talk to others in a way that may not be every day. It is sad to see them take this tool away from the individuals that use it, though. I mean, to the last point that Nitro made about, like, you know, a place to talk to others, like, I there's so many avenues, whether it be Discord or, like, just forums for all these different games, like, is are the PlayStation communities where a lot of people are, like, actually having daily chats to, like, are they actually hosting daily chats there or, like, often, like, finding other people to chat with? Well, I, what I basically saw the community being used for was to find another gamer to get something. Like, when I was trying to run a raid in Division 2, I just went into a Division 2 community and said, hey, we're looking to run a raid. Uh, anybody interested? And people would slide up and say, yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go. So that's what I saw the communities for. I mean, is this Sony saying, hey, we've got a new console out. Like, we earn your platinums how you can on here, but we don't really... I mean, I can't imagine it costs too much Sony too much money to keep these things in there, but maybe they, they're doing this... Because, Tricky, you said there's no communities thing on the PS5, right? Not that I've seen at all. Maybe this is them preparing people like to jump so the people don't go to the ps5 and they're confused like well, where are the communities maybe this is their way of saying we're just not gonna do communities anymore on any console yeah but they they also have a uh communities app on your phone so they're making you go through the playstation app right yeah oh well, it's a, it's a separate app altogether but is that gonna remain or are they gonna get rid of that too I, I'm assuming they're probably gonna get rid of it if they're removing it off the, the ps4 I have to assume they're gonna remove the app because uh there used to be a PlayStation app for the second screen. There used to be one for the PlayStation messages, and they and there was one for the communities. So there was three different apps, and there was the remote play. Now they combined two of them. the the uh, The PlayStation app and the messages are now in one app. The communities and remote players two separate apps. So they went from four apps down to three. So this just might them might be them just eliminating the third app. Because I mean. I mean, you look at Sony has to have data on this, and they have to see how many people use these functions. And you'd figure that if it's a, a majority of their community, then they wouldn't take it away. Like they have to have like discussed this and analyzed this, and like, well, the data shows that these are necessary. Well, let, let's move on to our next topic, where the data shows that people are apparently really happy uh, that you can import your Diablo two save file into the new Diablo 2 Resurrected. This is coming from IGN and written by Jordan Olerman. Uh Diablo 2 re, re... Why can't I say this word? Resurrected. Thank you. Players will have access to the original Diablo 2 saves and will be able to use them in the remaster. In an interview with IGN Middle East, Diablo 2 Resurrected producer Matthew Sederquist confirmed that the, in the news that the, that Blizzard brute forced the feature in and was surprised to find it worked. So, uh, I know you guys aren't into Diablo as much as uh, some other people, but what do you guys think about the ability to take a save file from a PC from 20 years ago and be able to put it into the uh, the, the remaster of a game? I've got the only response that you could have for this. Go ahead. It's fucking great. Like, what else could you think other than, like, this is an extremely positive thing? I, I I get it, but if, if they can get this to fucking work, why can't we get uh, backwards compatibility on the PS5? You—that's a question you need to ask your friends at Sony, Tricky Mick. 
All right, so let's move on. Because uh, I'm assuming you're saying this is fucking cool, too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so. They uh, just busted down a door that we've been wanting for years. All right, so the next article is also written by Jordan Ullman. Jo- Jordan's getting a lot of love this episode from IGN. Uh, the Outriders demo is getting patched because it's been downloaded over 2 million times. People Can Fly is patching the demo to address player activity and fix bugs. One major change will make it harder to farm legendary items in the demo after players discovered a loot cave amid the other um, amid other unintended exploits. Full patch notes will be found on Reddit, where a Square Enix representative notes that the popular demo has been downloaded over 2 million times since its launch on February 25th. A back-end update is coming later that will tweak mob health statistics and stop players from farming legendary items with an exploit. This exploit allowed players to load into a mission, loot a trio of chests, and repeat. So, I can go on with this, uh, but why... Is this news is because I don't know if you guys know this because I told you guys to play the demo, but I didn't tell you this. Everything you do in this demo will translate into the full game when it launches. See, now, Tricky, you were talking about this game earlier and you thought that we would actually like this game. Uh, this You mentioned the name People from People Can Fly, which uh, is a, a studio known very proudly for their uh, their focus on the shooter games and Correct. I'm. Does this have a sci-fi edge to it? Because quite frankly, I'm not. I'm not huge on shooters. Uh, sci-fi, yes, because um, I don't want to spoil anything. But I'm going to say that you're not human anymore. Well, here's I, I actually on the the People Can Fly website. Uh, and the description is: Outriders is a story-driven third-person RPG shooter that will put the player in the shoes of an outrider, the last hope of the human race trapped on Enoch. A dangerous and untamed planet. It's our most ambitious project to date, developed with Square Enix. Because when I was looking on their website, I, I saw that they had, you know, done some work on the Gears of War series and Bulletstorm. And, you know, I like, I know people really like Bulletstorm for being over the top and kind of zany, but the the term, the, 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 unless it's like a Bioshock game, there's so few shooters that actually can pull me in. I, I Well, I mean, like I said, try the demo. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You don't play the demo? Uh, you don't play the by the real game. That is that is fifteen minutes of my life, sir. That I could have been used doing something else. Oh well, see that's tricky. Is the demo out for PC yet? Because when I went to play the demo, it was only on PlayStation. Uh, is that still the case? I'm looking at the website right now. It says play the demo. Uh, I'm clicking on Steam right now. Uh, it looks like it is out. All right, then I will play it tomorrow. Okay, now. Um, the cool thing about this demo is it lets you play all the different classes. It's unlimited, and it lets you play the sa- uh, the the missions uh, over and over again. So it's not it's it's almost like it's a beta rather than a demo. But it, it's unlimited, and you can play all the different classes and whatnot. It is definitely a hundred percent worth taking your time. Uh, Alice, I think you would actually get lost in this game if you. Well, because I don't know how to use a map. Are you making fun of me? Saying I can't, I got d- shitty directions. Well, yeah, you do live in Kentucky, sir. What does that mean? What does that mean? I said what I said. I don't know how that what that has to do with anything with directions or knowing directions. Look, look, just because I got lost in the Federal Bureau of Control more than a few times, sir, does not mean I'm terrible with directions. 
Well, you may not be terrible directions, but Sony definitely is terrible in the direction that they're trying to make more PlayStation controllers. Sony has patented a way of turning bananas, bugs, and more into PlayStation controllers. What? I'll get no love for the, that. I hate you guys. That was a bomb-ass segue. Maybe. Jordan Ullman, again, from IGN. Sony has patented technology that would allow players to turn household objects and even fruit into PlayStation controllers. Players would use a camera to scan objects for the system to detect, which then can be used for uh, in-game functions. As reported on GamesIndustry.biz, Alex, don't, get, don't at me. A recent Sony patent has filed for the innovation identifying that game peripherals can be seen as too complicated and expensive for some users and reason that it would be desirable if a player could use an inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic device as a video game peripheral. Their potential solution? Turning readily available objects into peripherals for games. Why not just say a freaking controller? Making me say that word over and over again. Listeners, don't be like tricky. Go straight to the source. I, I said don't at me. I did. I at you. I added you. I, I did not read this article ahead of time because I thought it was ridiculous and wouldn't get this involved. Apparently, what they're saying is that you're going to be able to scan objects in your house with your camera so you don't have to buy a dual sense. You can be able to use a banana or your remote control or your Holly Quinn doll and use that as a controller. But uh, I think that's ridiculous. Tricky, what kind of blood Harley Quinn doll do you have? We don't. Whoa, we don't want to know. No, no, don't go there. Yeah. Don't go there. You don't want but, to. You don't want to. But know. the banana doesn't have buttons. How am I supposed to use buttons? Well, you're not supposed to use it that way. I went there. <laughs> but okay, let, let, let's be serious for a second here because this is actually a ridiculous topic. But let's be serious about this. Why would Sony do this? Because then nobody would buy a dual sets again. If this legit works. Nobody would ever buy a dual sense But again. what if we had to buy a camera, a special Sony-made camera? I, okay, so you spend $60 on a camera, and you could turn your fork or your silverware or your cutting board or your dog into a freaking controller. No one's going to use their dog. It'd be too hard to play games with their dog. They're too heavy. And they move too much. Well, you're assuming that, you know, every dog is like Athena and Bella. No, but even like a, a 10 or 15-pound dog is too big to play as a controller. Alex, you, you, look, you, you, you brought on this ridiculous topic, and then you're telling me not to be ridiculous. Yes. So we should make a point to saying that just because this is patent doesn't mean it's ever going to come to light. And let's be honest, how many ridiculous bullshit ideas were patented, but nothing became of them? Levi, you've been quiet. What do you think about this Sony turn in uh, bananas into controllers? I I read the article. I think it's absurd. My understanding is it actually it operates off of cameras. Is that right? You, the cameras actually watching your movements. Yes. So in theory, you could you could do it with an apple or a sock. Yeah. When I first saw it was a patent over banana, I thought, well, that is Sony. You know how some companies will patent something so another company can't use it. I thought, well, maybe they've grabbed that so Nintendo can't use it for Donkey Kong. But I don't think that has anything to do with it. Uh, the one, the one guy that figured he was going to get a raise for suggesting to use a banana controller for Donkey Kong uh, is now crying his eyes out after hearing this episode. All right, yield one, <laughs> one, two, three, four, or five, five. 
This portion of the show is brought to you by Twitch Prime. Did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month. Otherwise, Amazon is just going to keep your money, though. So remember. So why not just give it to us instead? All right. So we're going to go into our topic of the week. Now, uh, the topic does involve uh, Marvel's Avengers, but... I thought this would be a, a bigger conversation for us to have. Uh, so let's get into the news real quick. This article is coming from IGN and is written by Matt TM Kim. Level up your heroes in Marvel's Avengers will take long. Even the dog's pissed off about this. I know, right? You got it out of your system, Nebo? Bo's like, fuck you, Dad. Fuck you. Actually, actually that's Bella. Yeah, you got the dog's name wrong. It should be pissed at you. Well, no. Bella's arguing. Uh, yeah, anyway. All right, let's let's go into our topic of the week here. Uh, now, this article does involve Marvel's Avengers, but I thought it would be a larger... No, we're leaving the dogs barking in. I hope you know that. You've restarted, but people are going to think they're going to have deja vu when you hit it, they hear you saying the same thing twice. Why not take... You know what? I hate you. Anyway... This article is coming from IGN. Level up your heroes in Marvel's Avengers will take longer after Crystal Dynamics announced it will be changing the way XP progression will work. On March 18th, the newest DLC character, Hawkeye, is set to be released alongside the next-gen versions of the game. But Crystal Dynamics is also changing up some key progression mechanics along with how random cosmetic drops will work. In the new developer's blog, Marvel's Avengers team shared that the current XP progression curve isn't really a curve at all, whereas most RPGs increase the amount of XP required to level up as players get stronger. Marvel's XP system is linear and static, meaning that every level takes the same amount of uh, XP to get to every level, where normally in RPGs, if you have 1,000 uh, XP to get from level 1 to 2, the next level was 1,200, the next level was 1,500. It always increased the XP to get to the next level. Marvel's Avengers has always been static all the way through. Uh, they said this has led to pacing issues, such as skill points currently rewarded too fast, which would be confusing and overwhelming to new players. To fix this, Marvel's Avengers will be, will begin increasing the amount of XP required to level up starting at round level 25. The required XP will increase the closer players get to level 50, which is the current max level. And Crystal Dynamics said the players looking to max their characters quickly can try and grind before the March 18th when the update is set to go live. Now, also, uh, the rest of this article is talking about how uh, some random cosmetics were dropped in the game. They're stopping that. Now you have to buy them through the vendor in the game. Essentially, they're making this game less fun. Well, see, that is that's the crux of this conversation is because I. I wanted to ask you guys and Levi, we're going to go to you first uh, because you like to play RPGs. Um How, which which level of system do you like the most? Do you like it to be static, or do you like to be staggered as the way they're going to the traditional way? And is this a mistake by Crystal Dynamics to do it now when it's a game for service and this is going to be working the way for the for the foreseeable future for the game, considering all the trouble the game has been in already? Well, personally, I've never played it. As as a service, like I'm, I'm guessing the one that I probably will play very soon is Final Fantasy 14. 
so I've never actually experienced it that way. So it's hard for me to say I do love RPGs, but I am almost exclusively uh, retro RPG, so it's, it's hard for me to really weigh in. Well, I mean, you played Final Fantasy games, right? Yeah, but I haven't played like um, you know, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, Final Fantasy Online. I haven't played those. Uh, you know, for me personally, I don't like the really grindy. I, I'm not big on Final Fantasy, but it's it's okay. Well, more so, like, what do you think about them changing? Because people have been grinding there, like, you know, gaining XP the same way for how long has the game been out? Uh, since March? No. When did the game come out? Did it come out? I mean, look, I mean, Levi, you've played action RPGs and stuff like that, I'm assuming. Like, so many games these days have RPG elements. Like, do you think it's a good idea for them to, like, go in, like, middle of life cycle and change the way that you progress through the game? I mean, if it's a better way, I mean, if they're making it less grindy, you know, if if it's if it's oh, they're less... making it more grindy. Yeah, they're making it more grindy, and the and the game came out August fourteenth, by the way. Yeah, then I think it's a terrible idea. I mean, I I think the one drawback of most RPGs that I play is just the grindy nature of the game. I think a lot of these RPGs that are forty, fifty, sixty hours long. They could be even better if that was a twenty-hour game without all the nonsense and grind and and uh, random encounters. And yeah, that's just not my See, thing. I'm with Levi in that grinding is not a fun aspect of a game to me. Like even like grinding coins in Mario Odyssey, it being it to be able to buy things like costumes for Mario to wear in the game, and like RPG games to grind to a new level. I don't like any of that shit. I to me that's not that's not like it's, you say. Oh, this game lasts for eighty hours. But how much of that is grinding where I'm just playing through levels I've already played before or playing maps I've already played before to be able to to get to a certain point, maybe to take on a boss or to level up completely to make future challenges less difficult. Grinding to me is not an aspect of gameplay. It is something that is put on the gamer because the developers either couldn't think of a we're not we're not happy with the length of the game before. So they wanted to make it seem artificially longer by grinding or they couldn't think of any like any more like levels or story or anything like that, so they decided to artificially elongate the time of the game just by being like, "Well, to get to level fifty, you're going to have to get seventy million XP. Have fun killing all these war warthogs out here for you know ten XP each." That to me is not gameplay. And some people will say we'll define grindy, and some people will even consider like Fallout New Vegas. That all of the side missions and all of these different things you have to do, I don't consider that grindy. That is story. That is, you know, a, a, a new story is unfolded. That's that's good action. It it keeps me entertained. Now, to me, grindy is like the Wrath of the White Witch or or the, the Final Fantasy games where you were just like hacking on kobolds all day to get the XP. Like you're saying, now that that to me is grinding. And that is an absolute negative. More, more grinding has never made a game more fun. And I think I think never. this is some people enjoy it, but it, I, I think it matters what type of grinding because if you look at a game like Division Two, where I'm max level, uh, I can't level up anymore, but I'm grinding out missions or I'm doing a raid to get better loot, to to get a better gun, to get a better roll on my gun. That kind of stuff can be fun, and I personally don't feel that as grinding, even though by definition it is grinding because I'm doing the same mission over and over again. 
Are these new raids, or are you doing the same raids over and over again? The same raid over and over again. Why? I mean, you just like playing the game, but right for you, that's not really grinding, because you getting these new accessories isn't really doing you any good. But it is doing me good, because... So you can beat the same old raid faster? So I could do that, or if if I want to make a skill build, or I want to make a tank build, or I want to make a hero build, it's going after that one weapon, or that one chess piece that's going to be, you know, better. To me, I mean, that is a grind. No questions asked. But to me, I don't consider that grind, because I'm playing the game and I'm having fun, even though it is very repetitive, but it's, okay, now I have this chess piece, now I can play this a little differently, and yeah, I can shave off a second or here, or ten seconds here. To me, that's not grinding. And, Yield, I'm going to throw it to you a second, because I know one of your favorite games to play is Borderlands. Do you ever feel like you're grinding levels out in Borderlands to get a better I gun? I feel it, is. yeah. Toward, toward, towards, well... At times, yes. Like, when they add on the DLC and they expand it out, Yes, you, it does feel a little grindy at times, but uh, it, it it depends on your game and how you set it up. If you can, if you can reach max level by just playing the game, you know your random encounters, your side missions, or whatever, then I don't overly consider that grindy. What I consider grindy is I've beaten all the side missions, I ran across my random encounters as I came across them. And yet, I am still at not max level. Now I have to go back, like Alex said, and I have to go back and roam maps for random encounters to gain the XP needed to do whatever I need to do. That's grindy. I see it's the other way around because, say, you know, for, for, for me personally, I think the Borderland, the whole series, is probably the single most overrated game series ever made. I, I don't understand how people like it so much. Because even if it's not just a side mission, the main missions, it's just like these games, it's, it just feels like a grind to me. It just feels so dull. It's like the story is lacking so much and I'm just, just grinding through to get to this next point and into the next point. It's like I'm just not enjoying any aspect of this. Instead, it's just constant random encounters grinding through hoping this ends. Some people enjoy it. For me, I think I think the series is terribly overrated. Well, Levi, let me because you've been you know the I think the the Soulsborne universe is one that you've been challenged to to step into, and one of the games in that Bloodborne. It's the only one of those games I've played, but to get through that game, and I understand part of the the, the aspect of that game is to get used to the combat so you can get better and defeat the more challenging enemies. But a lot of that game is just grinding within each section of of the game in order to get strong enough and get strong enough like weapons to beat the bosses. So it's not like you're, you know, it's not like you can be so skilled that you can just, you know, get through the level and then beat the boss. It's like, you actually have to build up your XP, no matter how good you are at those games, you have to build up your strength in order to get through the bosses, which is, is grinding. Not only am I grinding at the end of the game to try to like get my level up, but I'm, I'm actually grinding my way through the game. Exactly, and that to me is a, a terrible aspect. I think that a highly skilled player should be able to finish these games faster and not have to do all of this grinding, which 
you know, a, a terrible game player could could still, you know, finish. I, I like a true challenge in a game, but it sounds to me more like these Souls games are uh, just grinding to level up your player to where you can finally just beat the bosses regardless how terrible you are. That That's just, that's a that's a poor mechanic to have in a game. And trust me, while I am going to try them, I'm, go- I'm going to give them a shot, see if there's any chance of me getting into these games. I've committed, so I'm going to try Dark Souls Remaster. I'm going to try Bloodborne and uh, the the one that I just started, Code Vein. Was it Dark Souls or Demon Souls? Dark Dark Souls was the first. No, Demon Souls was the first one, and they went to Dark Souls. Right, but the remaster was that Demon Souls? They they both have a remaster. I believe Demon Souls is the one on the PS5. Yeah, Demon Souls is the one on the PS5. Okay, yes, okay. The Dark Souls remaster has been out a long time. I, I've had it on Steam a while. Now I'm going to try them, but yeah, it's. Hack and slash isn't my thing. Grinding isn't my thing. Having to, you know, grind your way up XP before you can beat a boss, which, like in Borderlands, none, none of this adds up for me to like these games, but I've committed to giving well, them Here's a the thing, Levi. The thing about Bloodborne, and I can only speak on this one personally, like, the atmosphere of that game is really cool, and the bosses and the enemies, it's all really cool. It's not really hack and slashy. It kind of is, but also you have to be very careful in combat, so it's not like you can just go in there and hack away, like, and everything and, and automatically win. You have to, you know, play defensively sometimes and you do have to dodge and roll and get out of the way but you expect that you that the entire way through that game to get through it you're going to have to grind and part of the aspect is well I might like that a little better than Code Vein because Code Vein does feel it's just pure hack and slashy yeah I mean like it's the combat in Bloodborne takes some time to get used to because it's not like if someone tells you hack and slash you'll be like okay yeah I can get this get that but the the combat in Bloodborne just to, to boil it down to hack and slash it's not really accurate it's there is some aspects of it but you also have to you got to be much smarter about your combat and just more it's more methodical combat and I, i'm not real sharp on the you know the full definition of what exactly is hack and slash like for example the dynasty one everybody warriors play lately was was hades and hades is i think you call it a, a roguelike dungeon crawler hack and slash to me that that is just not my kind of game at all Though I am almost, I did almost beat it. I probably will finish it, but you know, uh, dying, starting back at the beginning, and just hacking your way through the same level fifty, sixty, seventy times—that that there's no value in that to me. All right, and just to bring this back to uh, Avengers here for a second, uh, I I want to be clear because I think I'm the only one here that's actually played the game. Correct? Yes, we we were all much smarter than that. Okay. Uh, what they're talking about with the XP uh, in order to get to level 50 with every character, the XP, in in my perspective, is only used to unlock certain uh, traits in the thing. It, there's two different levels with Marvel's Avengers. There's the XP, which allows you to unlock certain perks for your character. And then, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, for Destiny people... There's a power level. the 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 missions are are how hard they are are based on your power level, not your character level. So, what they're slowing down is how fast you unlock perks with your character, not the difficulty of the game. And saying, "Okay, I'm going to fight level fifty people," because you could have a level fifty character. But your power level is only twenty, and the game says, "Well, you're under level to play 
because your power level is so but low. But the like they're they're so they're slowing down the how fast you get perks and how fast you level up your character to get to fifty, right? Right, but that does not that's not affecting difficulty and whether or not you could. But do it does affect that. how much people have to replay the game. Well, not not really. Because you could do all the missions and never get a level fifty character. Okay, but do you, is there a, a trophy tied to to level fifty? I don't know. There might be. Then, if this starts at what level twenty five, right? You said it starts at level twenty five when they change the XP gain. Why right. change it when they change when they change the level to get to? 50 I don't understand years. why they're changing. Then for a game that has not really endeared itself to a lot of people. Was it or did not get? Hasn't gotten a ton of good press. Is it really a good idea to be like, okay, well, we're going to make you increase, we're going to increase the grind for you to play this game? That just seems like bad press written all over it. I I, I think it's bad that the the game has been out since August now. So that's what four, six, seven months, just about. Um. I, I I do think this is a bad move by them, but I understand it. But I think people on the outside looking in, uh, you guys, you know, just saying, you know, because you guys haven't played the game outside looking in. This looks like bad, you know, bad, uh, a bad move. And while I have played the game and I do believe it's a bad move, I don't believe it's. I'm not viewing it the same way you guys are because I know that what they're doing is not changing the difficulty of the game or quote unquote increasing the grind they're just saying we don't want you guys to unlock these perks as quick as everybody is because in my case I have a level 50 Captain America but my uh, and my power level is max on Captain America but if I take Iron Man out because Captain America is so high leveled I could put him on my team of four and it increases, I can get through the mission easier with Iron Man and level him up faster. So that's what they're, that's what they're saying is that they don't want me to be able to level Iron Man up as fast just because I can throw Captain America on my team. They're making you play the game more. Yes and no. They're making it harder to level up every character. Maybe not harder, but it's taking you more time to to level up the character because you can't use that like you can't like you said have the level 50 Captain America in there to boost the XP gains for the Iron Man well because what what it is is I can have Iron Man who is power level I I, I don't know what the max power level is because I haven't played the game in a while but let, let's just argue say, say the power level is 150 max on Captain America and I have a level 15 Iron Man XP wise, but my power level is only 30 on Iron Man. I can throw Captain America on my team and Captain America could raise up the difficulty. So as I'm leveling up Iron Man, I'm able to get better drops for Iron Man. You know what I'm saying? So it, it power levels Iron Man by throwing my Captain America on my team. It's like, it's like you helping somebody who's lower level in like division two run through missions to gain better xp correct correct that's that's what it is that doesn't seem like a positive for the game also like not having cosmetic drops and then forcing people to pay for them 
when this is like a $60 game and not like a free-to-play game, that just seems kind of shitty. All right, let's move on because uh, we are running a little long and Levi is going to have to cut out soon. So, Yield, it's your favorite soundbite of the show. You ready, sir? Yeah. All right, so we're going to go through these questions. Uh, Nitro has left some questions on Discord, uh, so we're going to try to get through these as quick as possible so we can get Levi to answer some of these as well. Uh, so first question from Nitro says, what are your some of your favorite games of all time? Levi, we'll go with you, sir. <clears throat> oh, man. that's Y'all hear me rant about them all the time, but Half-Life, you know, I, I won't go on and on about it, but Half-Life is my favorite series. Um, all of the Half-Life games. Um, a very close second. I mean, it's all basically a tie. Mass Effect. If you haven't played the Mass Effect games, go start with one, play through three, and then skip Andromeda. But, um, third, probably also might, you know, isn't really technically a series, but, um, The Last of Us. Uh, I mean, the, la- the, the story in The First Last of Us is probably solely responsible for bringing me back into gaming three years ago. There you go. I mean, it, The Last of Us is what did it. So um, I'm here now because of The Last of Us. So All right. it, it can do that for you. And one last I'll throw in, the Remedy Trilogy we were talking about earlier. Alan Wake, Quantum Break, Control. All right, Yield? Uh, favorite game. Uh, Legend of Zelda series, Uncharted series. All right, uh, let, me, let me pause you one through quick, because uh, Nitro's actual second question is your favorite franchises, and we're kind of touching on both of those right now, so just yeah, just be clear. So, uh, go ahead. I guess, like I said, the Legend of Zelda series, Uncharted series, Super Mario 3. Uh, off the top of my head, I would say those. All right, Alex? Got to go with Shadow of the Colossus, Ocarina of Time. Mega Man 3, Super Punch-Out, Banjo-Kazooie, Rocket League, and uh, I think I'll, I'll stop with that. Ratchet & Clank series. Ratchet & Clank series, but I don't. I wouldn't put any one of the games, as much as I love A Crack in Time, I wouldn't put any one of the games in like my top, top favorite games. But you would set, classify it as a favorite franchise. Yeah, well, okay, well, I, I, are we doing the favorite franchises thing now? I thought we can... Yeah, I, I, I combined the two. In I'll, say, because, I'll say Ratchet uh, & Clank. Sly Cooper, uh, the Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon. Cooper. I'll say Legend of Zelda, uh, Donkey Kong, the Donkey Kong Country series. Nice, yes. Yeah, you know I love Tropical Freeze there, Levi. Absolutely. I just started playing it, so yeah. I just It just delivered day before yesterday. But if it's franchises, I'm going to throw in the Resident Evil franchise because it's amazing. And Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock! Yeah, I would, I would add that to my list as well. I'll co-sign on that. And 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 Dead Space too. Although I, I didn't play Dead Space three. The original and Dead Space two are two of the best survival horror games ever made. Yeah, there is not a conversation of greatest survival horror game ever made without Dead Space being in that conversation. Donnie would be proud. All right. As, as far as me, uh, obviously the Uncharted series, Legend of Zelda, uh, Assassin's Creed, obviously the Division. Um, uh, like uh, to answer what my favorite game of all time, obviously it's The Last of Us Two. Or excuse me, The Last of Us, and uh, Immortals: Phoenix Rising gave it a run for its money, uh, as f- terms and funness. Uh, Last of Us obviously has a better story, but 
uh, gameplay wise, I think Immortals Phoenix Rising is definitely up there. All right. Uh, question number three from Nitro. Are you more of a casual player or a completionist? And we're going to combine the fourth uh, question in here. He wants to know, are you a franchise completionist? Uh, in other words, do you find a game and decide you're going to go through all the games? Uh, we'll start with you, Alex. So I'm a completionist. Uh, unless there's some ridiculous trophy that I'm like, screw this. I'm not. I, I can't. I do know when to fold them. But in general, I am a completionist. And when it comes to, like, it's more so single games because... Like I just said with Dead Space, I did. I never played Dead Space three, but I did play Dead Space one and two. Um, got the platinum in the original Dead Space. Did not get the platinum in number two because of the hard to the core one, hard to the core trophy. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it, there is a point when in certain franchises where, and even Zelda. Like I haven't played all the Zelda games. Um, I've played Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time, skipped Majora's Mask because I don't. I don't like the the time aspect. I don't like racing the clock. Uh, I played Twilight Princess. Didn't play Wind Waker. Played Skyward Sword. So, you know, there, I am willing to skip a few games in the series if it, you know, if I'm like, I, I really don't feel like playing that one. Wind Waker was really good. I, I know. I just, I was one of those people that couldn't get over the visual style back then. Well, see, I, I was the same way. I'm like, it's too cartoony. I ain't playing it. My brother played it. And he's like, dude, you really need to play it. I'm like, all right, I'll play it on your recommendation. And it is really good. Wind Waker is the one where you sailed a lot, right? Yeah, that's the one where you sailed a lot. I fucking hated that. Oh, game. I absolutely. You know, I, I at first I didn't think I'd like it, but the more you did it, the more I'm kind of like I'm digging this. It makes All right. sense. <laughs> All right, yield. What are your answers? Ah, uh, what was the question again? Like, what's we'll talking about? Are you more a casual or a completionist? And if you are a completionist, do you feel the need to okay. complete the franchise? So I think I'm a little of both. Um, if I feel I can complete the game, I will. Otherwise, you know, I kind of henpeck. I don't always go for the cool game. I don't always go for the the most popular game. Um, as for as for uh, franchises, um, it really depends on what the franchise did. Um, like Ratchet and Clank, I was never played a game until I did all for one. And then went back and played them all because I enjoyed them so much. Um, Just Cause, I played Just Cause 2, never never popped on my radar for the first game or the second game. I kind of got on the train late. And then I have played 3 and I own 4. So it, it really depends on, on the game and if it hooks me. You know, I've... I, uh... You know, I've played The Last of Us and could honestly care less if I ever play The Last of Us 2. Wow. Shots fired. Yeah, Leave shots that. fired. Shocking. So, yeah, that, that's shocking. That's an amazing game. But now me, I am not a casual gamer. Definitely not just a casual gamer. I take it pretty serious. But I am also not a completionist. I don't do the trophies and the 100% have to, you know, well, like, um, what's, what's the series that was mentioned just a minute ago? Um. It's kind of like Indiana Jones. What Tomb Raider? No, no, uh, Uncharted. No. Uncharted? Uh, Uncharted. I mean, yeah, so I, I tried to do the trophy thing with Uncharted, and it's like hang upside down from a window and grenade a million people. So I'm not going to waste my freaking time doing this stupid stuff to get a trophy. So I, I don't take it that far, but I do play the story mode. I do finish these games. And as far as the franchises go, um, the Loot Bros has dubbed me the franchise killer because if I do get into a series, 
I don't stop. I play every single game. Like this year, I will finish the Resident Evil franchise. I've got two games left on Doom. Um, I crushed about six or seven franchises last year. Um, if I if I'm like Fallout, I'll finish Fallout this year. If I'm into the series, I will finish that franchise. All right, and uh, obviously, I'm a completionist. I I don't. I play a lot of games casually. I mean, obviously, like the Division Two, but I am a completionist. I love uh, trying to get every trophy for the game. Uh, franchise completionist, obviously, you know, because I played every Assassin's Creed game, I played every Sly Cooper game, I played every Ratchet and Clank game. Uh, as far as Zelda, the only two games I never played, which I was shocked that weren't announced as remasters, were Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. Those are the only two Zelda games I never played. But I just had the conversation the other day. Somebody else talked about how Twilight Princess was the best Zelda game ever made, and I agree completely. That is an amazing game. Oh, Yield, we're not doing it. Yield, we're not doing that. All right, fifth question from Nitro. Any games you always enjoy going back to playing because of how much you enjoyed them? Let's just limit it to one or two games each. Uh, Levi. Repeat that question. You, You said it so fast I didn't catch it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to get you out of here quick. Uh, the question is: Any games you always enjoy going back to playing, no matter b- because of how much you enjoy them? Let's just limit it to one or two games each. The Remedy games and the Half Life games. Yield. I don't know. I don't ever go back to my old systems. All right, Alex. Mega Man Three and Super Punch Out. Uh, yeah, like I just enjoy those games so much, and they're games you can beat in an afternoon. So. You know, beating them isn't like a, a days long adventure. It's just like, hey, I want to reminisce. Got some nostalgia for these, and you know, I can just beat them. You know, run through them pretty quickly. Uh, and obviously, my answer is Division Two. I've already got the platinum, but I still go back and play it every day. All right, sixth question: Thoughts on an Ubisoft? Uh, you know what? We're gonna skip this one because I got to get clarification from uh, Nitro on this because uh, I think he's going. To How many questions does this Nitro guy have? He has two more. Uh, the seventh question, why are all the Zelda games trash be, uh, but Breath of the Wild, and why should they all be on Switch? Well, I think it's the other way around. I think Breath of the Wild is one of the most boring Zelda games I've ever played in my life. See, see you would be right, but it's not a Zelda Oh, game. we're not doing it. I digress. I digress. Yield. Uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> Uh, I've never played Breath of the Wild, but I don't consider it one of the best Zelda games ever. And why should they all be on the Switch? Well, besides for Le- Zelda 2, they're all really good. People would buy them. That's why they should be on the Switch. People would buy them, and I really, really want to play Ocarina of Time again. The next Zelda game I'm playing is the one they remastered for Switch. The Game Boy, what is it? Is the Game Boy Color game? Oh, oh Link's Awakening. Awakening. Link's, but that's yeah, that's the next Zelda game I'm playing. Alright, and Nitro's last question. Uh what is your favorite first party Sony game and favorite Sony exclusive game? And he put a caveat, not The Last of Us. Uh, I'll go to you. Shadow of the Colossus. Yield. Uncharted. Great fortune. Uh Levi. To me, there's there's no I mean it you can't say not the last of us. The Last of Us, head and shoulders, by far. I mean, nothing. Compared. Would you have a number two? If I had to pick a number two Sony exclusive, it would probably be Horizon Zero Dawn. Ooh, good one. That's a good. That's, that's a, good, a good choice. 
All right. And my answer is going to be uh, the God of War 2018 edition. Which I haven't played yet, and that might be my number two. Because I'm playing it next month. Yeah, but that's that's more of a hack slack. Not really, no. Game. Combat, the original series on the PlayStation 2 was that. And three was yeah, very I hack and slash. I couldn't stand the original series. That's just hack and slash nonsense. But but the but new one is not hack and slash. The new one, I'm ready to try. All yeah. right, and we only have one question from Jeff Hanner off of Facebook. Uh, what is the factored form of X two equals three X minus one? Yes, I know the answer is one. I, I know the answer is one, but I don't remember what the factored form is, and I didn't take the time to Google it. I'm sorry, Jeff. Uh, you know, I was going to Google it, but I didn't want to cheat. I don't deal in math, Jeff Hanna. Alright, Levi, uh, we're going to go to our shout-outs, but we have to do an ad first, so I'm going to give you a choice. One, two, three, or four. One. This portion of the show is brought to you by Amazon. If you could and would, please stop by Proven Gamer first and click on any Amazon link and continue with your normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and helps out the site tremendously. All right, Levi, since you have to go, let's do your shout outs first, sir. Hey, uh, just shout out to everybody in the Be Legit. Uh, you guys are Stone Cold Killers. You're playing some amazing games. Um, and everybody in the community that shares their games and, and gives their reviews, um, it, it inspires me. It inspires everybody. Keep sharing your experiences. Keep helping us find these these hidden these hidden jewels like like Blade Runner, uh, which I caught last year. Uh, X Files Resistor Serve these games that people don't know about that are absolutely wonderful. Share them, but you know it's great to talk about the big AAA games. But to the people that really dig in and find those hidden jewels, that is that is who my shout out is to. Keep doing your thing. So, uh, shout out as always to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Shout out to Levi for coming on, give us and us to be legit. Uh, Tally, I drew a blank. Uh, shout out to Homer Gustav and Gareth and Alex for Rocket League Thursdays, Nitro for hanging out in the chat. Uh, a shout out to Hello Games. The last campfire was really good. Really enjoyed that. Uh, and also, uh, a shout out. I don't have their names. I'll try to get it for next week. But a shout out to We Were Here. That is a really fun co-op game. Really looking forward to diving into the next one. I recommend it if you play it. Play it with someone you know. So that way you at least know what they're talking about when they're describing either the puzzle or the answer. Were you talking about the developers of that game? Yes. TMG Studios BV. There you go. Alex has my hookup. Uh, Total Mayhem Games from the Netherlands. So that game was that it it, it was fun. Like the first couple times we did the first game, it's you know, especially the first time, it it's new and all that. Once you get to your third and fourth playthrough as you're trying to knock out the rest of your trophies. You can zip right through it because ah, oh, the, the puzzles don't really change that much. Oh, I know what to do, and you know, do 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 do, and you're done. But those first couple playthroughs, a little nerve wracking, and it, it's really fun. All right, Alex, your shout out, sir. Give a shout out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire. This 
the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horse. Thank you all for listening to continuing to allow us to expand our reach outward and upward. Without you all, there wouldn't be a show. We wouldn't be on so many different platforms. For your, so your continued support matters to us more than we can ever say. Uh, a shout out to, to Tricky and to Yield, as well as, of course, to Levi for coming on, giving us an update on the Be Legit, giving us his thoughts and opinions on games, the newest news and everything. So we always appreciate having Levi and just beyond what he's doing on, you know, coming on the show, but just trying to, again, foster a better community sense with the Be Legit and that competition and everything that that brings, all the bragging that brings. So, and all the spoils of war at the end of the year. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Levi for coming on again. And last but not least, give a shout out to my awesome girlfriend, Ashley, who's been knee deep, knee deep in some schoolwork. But, um, uh, I'm very proud of her. She's, she's working through, um, you know, not only we got the kids home from school doing online school, um, she's getting ready to switch jobs and trying to do juggle schoolwork. So I'm very proud of her for how hard she's working in all those areas. Love you, honey. All right, and I want to give a shout-out to the goddess. Uh, shout-out to Sweet Mama D. Shout-out to all the fans. Thank you for everything. And uh, until next week, if there's nothing else, happy trophy hunting. See ya. Later. The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines.